What's up, Kingdom? Welcome back to the Fantasy Kings podcast. I'm your boy, Pease. Join with my boy, Kali. Say what up. What's up, Pease? Chilling, man. Also, shout out to our executive producer, Beep Count. My man, Beep, Beep in the house. So, so, make sure to find him on Twitter. All right, so today, Kingdom, what we've got for you is the meat and potatoes of what we're really going to get into on this channel, and that's fantasy football auction drafts. Colin and I are auction experts, and that's something that we don't really see a lot of out on the, you know, the fantasy, uh, the fantasy world. So we're going to really get into all everything auction. And really help you win your auction leagues. We're going to be discussing budget. Uh, and to be honest, uh, for the people out there that are listening, usually it's not the most popular. Um, but I was even you know, a little hesitant at first. But ever since I, uh, I started doing an auction league, um, I'm usually in you know around six to seven leagues every year. And auction is by far my favorite. It's the most fun um, strategy-wise. Um, I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, and you know, auction really does separate the boys from the men, you know, or the women from the girls. You know, we love our women <laughs> fantasy players too. But I mean, if you know, if you watched our last video, you saw that a lot of fantasy football and snake drafts comes down to luck. You know, what you know, where are you drafting and who was available at that time? With auction, all that matters is are you willing to spend more than the other person to get the player you want? And so with that being said, what we're going to talk about now is roster construction. Uh, I'm going to go over how I build my roster. Colin's going to go over how he builds his. And we're also going to throw a third in there, like a more balanced that you do see people using. But me, I do what's called running back heavy construction because I'm way better at finding running backs than I you know. Emmett receiver. So with that being said, for my construction, I like to get two quarterbacks and I like to put about 5% of my budget towards getting quarterbacks. All right. Now for running backs, I spend 65% of my budget on running backs. That's a lot, but I'm really going for those big names, the studs. That's who I want. Asterisk is the stud running backs. Now, when it comes to receivers, I'm looking for 20% of my budget. I'm going to go get a lot of them, five or six, seven guys, because I'm going to take a lot of chances on some rookies. I'm going to take some guys on some new teams. That's what I'm looking for with wide receivers is about 20% of my budget. And then with tight ends, I'm looking at 10% of my budget. Now, with that being said, you also have the kicker spot and the defense spot. I will never, literally ever, spend more than $1 on a kicker or a defense. And I'm a fan uh, of that statement there. I never really spend any money on kickers or uh, defenses. I'm actually more of an advocate of just streaming defenses and yeah. even kickers. So, uh, same. same. Um, I'm not attached to one. I mean, maybe every year there's, what, maybe one or two kickers that can be consistent to be like, yeah, it, I mean, I've seen people spend up to like, you know, the league that you and I are in together, it's a $300 league, right? And so that, you know, I've seen in last year in our league, Justin Tucker went for $7, which is an insane amount to spend on a kicker. That's over 1% on a kicker. And Justin Tucker, well, he, I don't think anyone debates he's the best kicker in the NFL. That's not up for debate. In fantasy, he was the fourth kicker. And for our listeners, too, I just want to make sure he just referenced a comment of a $300 budget. Um, you know, each league manager in each league, they can decide their own budget for their auctions. Right. Um, 
common ones are usually between 200 to 300 are most popular. And, you know, with our league, we're going off of 300 for reference. Right. And, you know, I've been in leagues that are 200 or 300, all of that. You know, that's, um, you know, those are the two most standard. But you can see I've seen people with $50,000 because they're, you know, wanting to have them even more fun. But, yeah, so that's that's what we're talking about on that. Great. And uh, so I'll take over. I'm a huge fan of uh, the wide receiver uh, strategy, at least for auction. Um, I have been in years past. It's been I've had a lot of success with it. It's actually one of my titles um, pretty much is dominated from wide receivers only. And let me get into that with a three hundred dollar budget. Um, I typically am going to spend about 10 percent on a QB and I usually only draft one. I do not usually have a backup QB. I'm actually always a fan to have one QB that you never change so that you're not conflicted with, hey, I have two good QBs or maybe one great QB and one average one with good matchups. I just would rather not put myself in a situation to guess on that piece. So I usually only draft one and I spend usually around 10% of my budget overall and that could fluctuate. Uh, wide receiver um, is my favorite to go after. I feel like there's the most boom uh, when it comes to that. And I usually spend about half my overall budget just on wide receivers, 50%. And I'm trying to get between four to six players. Now, when I starting off with four, that means I probably overspent on a couple of studs that are usually between that first and second round tier. Um and honestly, it's paid off, and there's always going to be those wide receivers that you can pick up towards the end just because there's more wide receivers available uh, available typically um, that you can get in those later rounds. With running back, I usually like to spend around 25% of my overall budget. I like to get at least one to two of those running backs to be within, you know, let's just say 15 to 20 as far as overall, um, you know, kind of where they're at. As where their rankings, the what you're talking about, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but overall, if, as far as running backs on my roster, I'm trying to get between three to four because I'm starting, you know, three wide receivers and two running backs. That's my preferred lineup rotation. And I usually have about 15% allocated for tight end. Um, just because that is, you know, year after year, probably the hardest role, uh, I would just say to project. Unless you want to get Kelsey. Uh, there you go. Kelsey, maybe uh, in years past, you could say Gronkowski. You can say Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of things um, you could say about Kittle or maybe even uh, some of the newer tight ends. But I usually like to have two because um, I usually play the matchup there, honestly, because they're not really as consistent, minus Travis Kelsey, who's been the ultimate stud. And right, Chiefs fan, of course, just Let's can't get enough of hearing that name. He's already, uh, you know, blew his load of there. Um, <laughs> and defense, you know, I'm a fan uh, with exactly what he said. You know, defense kicker, I usually spend a dollar. Uh, that's my yeah. last two picks of every draft. Um, and half the time, if it was snake, I, it would just default who's available. And if it's auction, then I'm just going to see what team do I want to get. Yeah, exactly. So perfect. And, you know, that's that's a really good build because, I mean, we we both had success from these builds, right? And so to give you a little bit more context, now we're, in a second we're going to go over a more balanced team, a more balanced budget, but I want to talk about both of our breakdowns right now. So last year with my 65% on the running backs, I was able to get Christian McCaffrey. I was able to get Saquon Barkley. Now those guys were too, you know, higher risk because they were both coming off an injury i was also able to get though raheem mostert for cheap and clyde edwards alaire for cheap 
So that all fit under, I think I ended up spending about 60% out of my budget at 65. And, and I think most people thing. were a little gun shy with Saquon, but it felt like at that moment in the draft, he partially could have overspent, but it turned out to be a steal uh, yep. for his Absolutely. overall workhorse um, stats and, you know, just the numbers he ended up producing. Absolutely. And another thing, you know, so I, I ended up spending a little, so I was under on my 65%. And that's the thing about, you know, with auction leagues is you want to go in with a plan and you got to be ready to tear up that plan whenever, you know, whenever you can't, because you never know when you're going to get a steal, when you're going to overspend. You have to be very flexible with how you're spending your budget. So I went a little bit under, so I knew I had a little bit more money to spend on wide receiver. And I ended up getting, with about 23%, I ended up getting, uh, the I got Amari Cooper, I got uh, Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster. And Christian Kirk went off. I mean, they gave him that money for a reason, and for the beginning of the season, he was just booming. Absolutely. So that was a a hit. You know, it it paid off. And in our scoring, uh, it was – so Amari Cooper actually finished ninth overall, and Christian Kirk finished 15th, and then uh, Juju, I think, was 28th, and Mike Williams was 29th. Mike Williams missed a couple games. Right. But those are always misses a couple games. Yeah. But those are, I got four top 30 receivers for 20% of my, about 23% of my budget, if I remember correctly. So, and you know, I just want to comment what he just, you know, highlighted there is you want to always have a strategy, uh, but you just have to keep in mind that with auction draft, it's not like the format of Snake, and we keep going back to that. But here's what I'm getting at people can just throw out a random player for people they don't want as a strategy. So they can throw out the most popular names just for people to spend money first yep. and hope that these players that they want are kind of left when people have uh, more or less, you know, run out of their money. So just some little context with that. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that you do best is you are always throwing out people you don't want. And I notice that every time we got <laughs> to you. Exactly. That's what I'm pretty much always doing. Um so, uh, with that being said, do you want to talk a little bit about the balance strategy? Yeah, so let's move on to the balance strategy. So, with balance teams, what you're going to see in a more balanced draft is teams that are trying to just spread their money out evenly. And when they do that, they spend about 15% on their quarterbacks, whether that's one quarterback, two quarterbacks, however many, you're looking at about 15%. Then with running backs, they look to spend 35%. And on a balanced team, I'm generally seeing between four and six players, 35% of their budget. With receivers, you're looking at about 30% of the budget. And with receivers on a balanced draft, again, you're looking at between four and six. I've seen as many as seven players, sometimes a little bit more. It, it really just depends on what, you know where you're drafting, but you're looking at about 30% for wide receivers if you're going for the balance across the board. And then the tight end, you're going to be spending approximately 20% of your budget. And that's the most I've ever seen is three tight ends. In my opinion, you don't need three tight ends. You need two tight ends, and you can drop and add more. Three is just too much. Yeah, I mean, you're guessing. I mean, like I said uh, previously, if you, if you don't have those top caliber tight ends, it's always guessing. You're playing matchups, but even then – like, hey, this was the best one on paper, and then the other two go off. You're like, ugh. And you can always find solid tight ends, I feel like, on the waiver wire. Like, that's something that you can find a lot of. It. Yeah, I think every year is probably the only position, minus the, like, one or two running backs that, you know, 
come up from like an injury, you know, next man up mentality. Uh, usually there's at least two to three tight ends that just come out of nowhere, might not even be drafted at all. They just yeah. become, you know. I mean, who was that guy for Green Bay, Tanya, a couple years ago who had like 12 touchdowns? You know, nobody was drafting that guy. He's actually in <laughs> the Bears now. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, a couple years ago for the Packers, he had a huge season, and that's what you see more than likely. I mean, Travis Kelsey, you know, you're going to pencil him in for 1,100 yards, 80 to 90 catches, 10 touchdowns. But that's not the, you know, if you, if you want to get Travis Kelsey in an auction, you better be willing to spend about 25 to 30% of your budget. And that's not something I'm comfortable doing. And overall, I mean, I think balance is a, it's a solid approach because you're not really getting the top person at like any position, um, but more or less you're getting a lot of good, consistent players that are starting worthy. Um, that's really what it is. You have more of a quality team and which to say even more, you know, people that are serviceable on the bench. Right. Yeah. And you can always, you know, during the season, you can trade. Right. Um, but, you know, the, those are the three that we've seen. You know, I use the RB heavy. Colin uses the wide receiver heavy. We do see a lot of people using balance. So we wanted to give you an overview of what that looks like. Um, in the future, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be breaking down our player lists and we're going to be going to over how much each of us are willing to spend on that player. And what you're going to find is that his answer and my answer are going to be vastly different a lot of the times. There are going to be some players we're going to agree on, of course, but you know you're going to, that's, that's where the value comes into play. Yeah, and uh, again, popular people, we like certain people, but then you, know, you got to play to your style, an individual on who you truly like and who you want and what your team to look like. And I think in the beginning we referenced uh, you want to have a plan. You know, some people come up with cheat sheets before each draft. You know, they highlight all the players that they would like to have on their team. And then, you know, people like me, as I also referenced earlier, I always throw out players that I know are going to have a lot of buzz so that people can spend their money early. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to shift and have, um, you know, a mindset that you're willing to, you know, really change up your mentality of what you're looking for and yeah. whether it's spending more on certain players than you wanted to or whether it's being a little bit more balanced or even waiting uh, for certain players. Absolutely. And, you know, you said something very interesting there is, you know, and that's another reason that auction, I believe, is the best way to do it. I don't I don't I, I won't join a snake draft anymore. If the, if someone wants me in their league, I just ask them if it's an auction. Now, the one exception is the Scott Fishbowl, and we'll get to that later. But with the auction style, you can go get your guy. You know, if your guy is Christian McCaffrey, and you want to go spend a lot of money for him. God bless you. Go do it. Right. And if you're in a snake draft, if you don't have a top three pick, you're not getting Christian McCaffrey. It was interesting that I was, you know, I was watching the fantasy footballers and I love their show. They got a lot, they got a lot of good stuff on there. They did a mock draft a few days ago and Andy Holloway was sitting there saying, oh, I have the ninth pick. I hate this pick. Oh, I don't like any of my picks. My, I don't like this draft. Well, you had the pick you didn't like and that's the way it goes in snake draft with auction. You don't have to worry about that at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is a pro. That's that's definitely something that is just unique uh, and super fun because you can go after anybody. You have a fair chance. No one is you know set apart as far as they have uh, an advantage. Yep. Everyone's starting with the same type of budget, and I think probably the funnest part about it is the component is it feels like you're a general manager for an NFL team, but in fantasy. Right. Nope. I mean, that's what they're doing. All NFL teams, they have a certain amount of money which they could spend each year. 
right, on certain positions and how long they want to do it. The concept is somewhat similar, but you get what I'm getting at, right? Absolutely, 100%. It makes it, it brings more strategy into the game, right? You know, if you if you want to go zero RB strategy and spend 65, 70% on your wide receivers, go for it. If you have a certain pick in a snake draft, you can't exactly do that because there's not a lot of options. And so it gives you it gives you just you can build your team how you want to build it and you don't have to worry about draft positions screwing you over. Right. Um and it's just fun because this is one of those drafts that more often than not auctions typically are live. So people could usually drink um whatever, you know, they like to indulge in or not. Um all snake drafts more or less, they can do those in person clearly, but most of them um, it's just easier to do them online because they're timely. And then you have people who are, aren't there and they auto drafting. You can't do that in auction. You can't auto draft. Um, and oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, that's just another thing too. There are some people that are specific to, they want to kick people out of leagues because we don't like people who auto drafted. And chances are, uh, sometimes those auto drafted teams become studs and other times they're completely garbage. You know, it's, it's, Zero or a hundred with auto drafts. That's really That's what it true. is. And the thing about you know another good point that you made was about the auction drafts. They're just way more fun. Like I have our draft that we're in in our big league together. That's the most fun I have all year is drafting because you know you're talking you're talking trash. You know the the, the previous champions there. They got the trophy. Oh, this one. Yeah, this one. Um, but you know you've got a lot going on. You have a lot of guys hanging out having a good time. But also, you know, the one, the thing that I hear negative sometimes, like, oh, I don't want to do an auction drive. It's going to take 12 hours. It'll take a little bit more time than a snake draft, but it's time well spent. If you want to be serious about fantasy football, it's definitely time well spent. And I mean, our, our draft, the last snake draft I did probably lasted about two hours. Our, li- our live auction draft lasted about three. And that one extra hour, I am very happy to spend. And even when he's saying the one extra hour, I mean, really throw on another hour or two because we're usually grilling, we're usually cooking, we're usually drinking, yep. there's banter. So we usually have a set out planned day. Um, you know, the spouses usually don't like it, but, you know, we usually invite them afterwards for some fun um, that they partake in. But, I mean, this is something we're passionate about. It's great to, to be amongst your friends and compete um, and kind of have, you know, you know, that live interaction, right? So that's why we do really prefer it. Um, plus just the strategies there. Yeah. And the strategy, you know, you can have a winning strategy in a snake draft league, but if you don't have the right spot, sorry, but in an auction league, you just have to go get your guy and you have to, you have to be smart with your budget and go after that. So that's why I love it so much. Uh, but I think that's going to bring us to the end. Any final thoughts, Calito? Uh, no, I just, I mean, just talking about all these auctions, I just can't wait to. Can't draft. wait for draft day. Can't oh. wait for draft day. It's <laughs> up. brought up a mock draft. I'm already, I haven't done one yet. I usually wait till preseason to start kind of heading that up, but hey, I'm getting excited here. Yeah. Um, and, also, yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's going to bring us to the close of our first episode about auctions, but that's mainly what we're going to be covering going forward. But what we're going to have for you, we're going to go over some mock drafts that we do with auctions. We're going to be going over a couple more strategies. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff auctions. So that's what you want to keep an eye out for. And again, you know, we're going to we're going to close this episode now. And just remember, when you play fantasy, you do it for the current.
listen to this episode of Fantasy Football Kings. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at FFB underscore Kings or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're available wherever you get podcasts. So don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.